0: Hogan Harrison Walton is a Baldwin County native who's practiced law locally for 11 years. A graduate of Spelman College, the Keller Graduate School at DeVry, and the Thomas M. Cooley School of Law, she's the principal attorney at the Hogan Law Firm. Harrison Walton also operates the health and wellness company Go Hard LLC. Hogan Harrison Walton, I want to thank you for joining me today on WRGC 88.3 FM. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. Now, to get started with our questions, um, I first thought I'd ask you, uh, just in your own words, can you explain the role of the state court solicitor general in our community?
1: Sure, absolutely. The role of the state court solicitor general is to be that that bridge in between, um, you know, we have the juvenile court and we have superior court. And the superior court deals with those major felonies. Juvenile court deals with those issues in juvenile court. Well, state court. They deal with citations, driving offenses, and uh, county ordinances uh, violations, Um, but they deal with just misdemeanors or aggravated misdemeanors. So the vast majority of those cases are domestic violence cases, uh, DUIs, possession less than an ounce. And because we are centered in the middle of three very prestigious schools, we deal with a lot of possession of underage alcohol. And so the vast majority of the docket is composed of those types of cases. And then, of course, you have the driving citation. Uh, but the state court is this, is, is this liaison because they can be this, this make or break, as I like to say, um, for a person. They can, be, they can help a person so that when they do get a misdemeanor, it is not a deal breaker, meaning that they can still have a fruitful career. And it won't prevent them from entering into the military, obtaining a government job, uh, also going into a high profession. Because so some professions will not um, accept you into their program, or you can't sit for the credentialing program if you have, you know, possession less than ounce on your record. For example, the bar, during the bar, may not let you sit. So it, it can be a a the first stop where somebody encounters the judicial system, it, and it can be a very crucial. Uh, pivoting point in their, in their livelihood. And so it has a very important function and I take that, that, that responsibility very seriously.
0: Can you describe the prosecutorial philosophy you'll advance as Solicitor General?
1: Every person has a story, a background, a, a reason why they have received this citation. And so my purpose will be to evaluate and look at each person individually and evaluate this citation and make sure first that it has uh, conformed with the Georgia Georgia law and also to make sure that the person is, is being charged appropriately. And so the citation, mit- citation fits the, um, the person's um, behavior. Once I have evaluated that, then I move on to the next phase, which is to see what exactly, how can we help this person so that we can prevent this type of offense from reoccurring. Now, some people have a heavy foot, so maybe they, you know, need to take a defensive driving course. And if some people have reoccurring DUIs, then we need to look at whether or not they have a mental health or substance abuse problem, because that may be the underlying reason behind they are still uh, getting these DUI offenses. Others, um, if it's domestic violence, we need to look at whether or not there is something going on in the home environment whereby we can assist as family to prevent these domestic violence um, altercations from occur. It and maybe that people need to go to counseling maybe they just need to be totally separated, and they don't need to be around each other in which case we may have to uh, impose a restraining order um, and then there is some other ones that um, we can look at as well um, uh, we have a responsible uh, behavior um, class that is available and um, that is u- utilized because um, I am the public defender for the city of Millsville right now, so a lot of times we use that for those uh, college students who get a, a possession of alcohol underneath the age of 18. So we make them take this uh, responsibility course that helps them understand how their acts have affect the community at large. Maybe they need to take a um, anger management class. So there are different avenues that we can pursue to try to help this person to prevent this citation from occurring in the future. Now, sometimes you have to go to the ultimate uh, form of, of, of punishment, which is incarceration, because unfortunately that is what it may, be. it may require for some people to get it through their heads that you cannot do this. It's not okay, especially when it comes to domestic violence. Sometimes you have to take it to the, the most extreme for a person to understand. You don't put your hands on someone else. That is not appropriate, and that is not how we live here in Baldwin County. Now, um, I also would utilize those resources here in the community. The Oconee Center, River's Edge, the churches do a phenomenal job of providing NAAA uh, uh, programs in the evening, time, and on the weekend. So we need to utilize all these resources that we have before we go to the most extreme. And then if that is not Uh, Once we have utilized the local resources, if probation is not an option, then we will go to incarceration. And some citations do require incarceration. That is the law, and I cannot go around that. So if the law requires incarceration, that is what I'm going to do. But if there is any room or opportunity for me to create a creative sentencing where we can rehabilitate and be preventive, that's what I'm going to do.
0: And what will be your focus as Solicitor General?
1: Baldwin County has a very high domestic violence rate, extremely high for a county our size. And so one of my initiatives would be to be to implement more outreach programs. I actually have a program that I'm doing on October um, 15th uh, that is called Relief. And this is going to be something that is is for the community. We need to inform. We need to prevent. We need to act. And we need to continue that. It, It never stops. Because we may know something and we may not be able to identify it. So we need to educate our community about what are some red flags where there could be a potential domestic violence situation. Because a lot of domestic violence situations are kept secret and silent, and it's not until you know the person is rushed to the hospital or unfortunately killed before society says something and speaks out. Well, we need to step up before them. So, I've encouraged people. You may need to be the one to call the police. You may be the one who has to say to your per- to that person, "This is not okay. They cannot put your hands on you, or your or your animal, or your children." Because domestic violence can come in many forms. Uh, so we have to learn to speak up and help people because a lot of times people want to speak up, but they don't want to necessarily get involved. So we have to have to, you know, get over that stigma that we shouldn't get involved and, and getting involved doesn't necessarily mean you have to open up your, your house to this person coming to stay in your house. It could be, that would be wonderful, but it could also be helping them find other resources such as the crisis house or um, the, the, I can't remember, there's the a place in Greensboro. Uh, maybe helping them connect them with these other resources to help them find housing and employment and making sure that them and their children are safe and giving them transportation to and from to work. Because a lot of times uh, the violence comes in the form of withholding things, such as money, cars, food. So giving them those resources so that they can continue to live like any human being deserves to live because their oppressor is withholding these essential resources. So one of the things that I will focus on is trying to educate and, 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 and help bring in more resources in the, in the community to help with domestic violence.
0: While in office, Governor Nathan Deal advocated for and signed into law a series of criminal justice reforms. What is your opinion of the changes Governor Deal put in place?
1: Some of them are necessary. Um, some of them, I believe, were could have been revised and implemented in a different fashion. Uh, I think that there should have been a little bit more time and attention um, placed into the reform. I, you know, the, the issue about reform is: it, you never know if it's going to work until you actually implement it. And some of the things sound good on paper, looks good, but then when you implement it, it's not. it, didn't, it doesn't work as well as you think it would. And I think it's, it's time to revamp it. Um, when we put in reform, I think that it should be looked at uh, within the first year and then every six months thereafter to see if this is actually something that is working. And if it's not working, why continue doing it? We need to look at something else um, because it's a waste of taxpayers' money. It's a waste of resources and people's time you know and certain, some things take a couple of years to actually see if it works I think others um, you see right away if they work um, I, I just think that there are certain certain things that could have been changed um, and could have maybe waited and and, um, and we could have come back and rev- and looked at those a little bit in more detail, I think, because they were just They just weren't um, fleshed out thoroughly.
0: And uh, do you have any specific areas uh, that you would like uh, to perhaps uh, work with state legislators to reconsider and improve in the, um, in the coming years?
1: What you have to remember, a lot of that reform dealt with on the felony level. Uh, and so state court doesn't deal with any felonies. Um, so a lot of it is um, issued in a Superior Court. Um, for example, the, uh, the, the normally trafficking drugs and the type of weight, um, that, that, that change, um, that's something that state, that state court would never deal with. Um, now, the, um, um, so a number of them would not, actually does not, um, wouldn't fall in any state court. Most of it is, is a superior court. But um, I would imagine that... I'm trying to think off the top of my head which one would... Um,
0: well, I mean, in a sense, if they're court. downgrading some offenses from felonies to misdemeanors, uh, does it uh, perhaps uh, increase the load on state court?
1: It will, but I think that in the state, state court has, it has more flexibility, so we can provide more opportunities to Help people with superior court. Their 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 docket is, is is way larger than state court, so we can move cases a little bit quicker in state court than we can in superior court because of you know when you have these type of, of of drug cases and whatnot, you have to send it off to the drug lab and it takes time for the drug lab to come back. Versus if you downgrade to misdemeanor, um, we can get um, the cases can be heard a lot quicker um, because. The, the 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 incarceration threat is not as uh is not as home. so the person doesn't you know they only are looking at being incarcerated up to a year for one offense uh so we can move it along a little quicker versus something that could carry a 10 to 20 or 30 year uh criminal um uh sentencing so um i think uh you know i don't think it's going to um, Hurt State Court is anything that will help the community more because we can help those individuals with, you know, giving them um, some more community-based treatment versus this prison or sending them to um, the detention center. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you feel that there are enough resources available to prosecutors to help people with addictions into our mental health issue?
1: No, unfortunately, you know, we are blessed to have um, two mental health uh, resource community uh, uh, organizations, Oconee Center and Rivers Edge, But they still are overwhelmed. And so I think we could still use another um, entity. Fortunately, central state is closed for the most part. We really could use central state because there are some people who have some severe mental health issues that cannot be addressed through outpatient at, at Edge or Conley Center. We definitely need more help um, with people who have um, mental health uh, issues, the, the schizophrenia, the um, the the bipolar. Those issues. Those are the the, the typical. Um, type of people that I see as a, as a uh, criminal defense attorney. They'll, you know, those are the main types of mental health type uh, 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 illnesses I see, and that cannot be addressed in outpatients. Um, maybe if they're a lower level, but most of them are pretty severe. And outpatient is not where they'll get the best treatment. But unfortunately, we have what we have here in Baldwin County, so we're going to work with it. Now, I think there needs to be a lot more education when it comes to the family because the family may need to be more informed about the mental health of their family member. Because a lot of times, family members don't understand it. They're just frustrated, they're tired, and they, they just want this, their family member to get help, but they don't know how to help. Maybe it's because they themselves may have a mental health illness, which prevents them from thoroughly understanding how they help their family member. Or maybe it's just because they haven't had anyone take the time to sit down and say, your sister, brother, aunt, uncle, mother has bipolar. And so they are bipolar. This is how we help them. And maybe it's, it, it, it is educating the family members. And if we can educate the family members, maybe then we can get the, the that person who has a mental illness that extra support. Because a lot of times they're not getting – they're not able to get this support from the family members, so the family members don't know how to help them.
0: How will you utilize accountability courts as Solicitor General?
1: Accountability courts are excellent resources to help address individuals with mental health and substance abuse. Uh, and so I will utilize that in those cases where the person has a number of citations and they just continue to... Occur these types of citations such um, as driving um, under enemy influence, uh, uh, possession less than an ounce, um, uh, shoplifting. A lot of times, people who shoplift have an underlying mental health um, problem. So those those people who continue to reoffend within a short period of time will be excellent candidates for. Um, the Accountability Court because they need help and they need more than just probation. They need hands-on uh, um, daily um, uh, interactions with somebody who can help them, keep them accountable and help them show them that they, they have issues that need some type of professional help. So I would mainly look at those for those individuals who keep reoffending, who have a history of, of, of a criminal record.
0: The coronavirus pandemic has forced law enforcement to make tough decisions about who will be incarcerated and who must remain behind bars. Thinking long term, how has this epidemic impacted your thinking about the use of jail time?
1: Well, it definitely has shown me that there are a lot of people who didn't need to be in jail because they were so willing to allow these individuals out of the jail or not incarcerate them. And the fact of the matter is, if that was the case, that shows us that we are over-utilizing the jail. Because if we could let them out and they have not done anything in this entire, you know, since March to reoffend, we were over-utilizing the purposes of the jail. And now that should show us that we don't have to always go to the most extreme before we are punishing someone. So um, the pandemic has definitely made us, made me anyway, rethink how we should utilize the jail. Now, I understand some people, you know, they're not reoffending because they're afraid of going back to jail because they don't, you know, because of COVID-19. Others, they didn't need to be in there in the first place. They, you know, maybe a couple of days or a month, they learned their lesson. So, I, I, you know, everyone is different, but I definitely believe that this showed us that Jail should be the last in extreme option and that we don't have to keep everyone in jail for months at a time in order for someone to um, learn their, their, that they cannot keep doing these offenses and they can't keep acting a certain way.
0: Now, of course, uh, you are a defense attorney, and you are a candidate in a race for a prosecutor position. Um, how has your time as a defense attorney uh, prepared you, um, In uh, how do you think it will benefit you uh, being on the other side of that adversarial relationship in the courtroom as a prosecutor?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it, it will help me because I've I know a number of families over the 11 years of practice. So I've gotten to know a lot of families and I understand their struggle and I understand what they've done to address their issues that they may have. And so when I flip over to the other side, they can't make up excuses or say, Oh, you don't know what I've been through. No, I know you, or I know your family. Cause I'm from Baldwin County also having lived here and, and, and raised here. I know a lot of families here in Baldwin County. So I know that, that there's a lot of families that are plagued with a history of sex abuse, mental health, domestic violence, instability. They've had defects involvement. So I know what they've been through. So when they try to use all these uh, explanations and give these excuses, I can quickly say, stop. I know your family. I know what you've been through. I get it. Now, just move on because I understand what you've been through. So we can help come up with a plan to help break that cycle. You don't have to explain it to me because I get it. So that, that, that will help me you know, understand that I'm now in a position to help them more because I am the one who makes the recommendations as to probation or as to jail times or community service. So I'm in a better position because I can give those recommendations to the judge versus as a criminal defense attorney i'm just trying to protect my client and make sure that their constitutional rights are protected now as, as a state court solicitor general i can actually help them get the treatment that they need because i know what they've been through and so they can't sit here and try to pull you know in a fast one on me because i know so let's, let's not play the <laughs> <game>. <laughs> so i know i know you and your
0: family <laughs> Uh, And, of course, the rejoinder to that is um, how will you navigate um, those past relationships as you uh, put yourself in a position where you can no longer be their defense attorney?
1: And a lot of people have asked me that, and I simply tell them, look, I'm here to help you. I'm not the one who who, who created the situation and the citation. I'm not the one who wrote the citation. The police officer wrote the citation. So something occurred that warranted a citation most of the time. So, I am simply here as a, as a mediator to try to figure out how we can help everyone. I say everyone, that means society. I'm here to protect society, to make sure that the, that the person does not keep reoffending. I'm also here to try to help provide um, help to make sure that this person gets some type of rehabilitative uh, uh, help. So, um, I have, I'm, I'm here actually in a better position. And so, you know, people may not like the fact that I say this person needs to go to inpatient rehab. They may not like it, but it is there to help that person. and Ultimately, society will benefit at the long run because this person is getting the help that they need. And so when they come back out, they will hopefully be a contributing, a positive contributor to society and not something that society has to support. And so, you know, I, I may not always be liked by everybody in communities because I'm doing things that may temporarily um, cause a little discord in the community, meaning that I'm, you know, may, I may have to send someone to jail. I may have to recommend that somebody go to inpatient rehab. But at the end of the day, everything that I'm doing, I'm doing to make sure that everyone is safe. The citizens of Baldwin County are safe. The visitors of Baldwin County are safe, and the person who got the citation is safe, because that's what we want: everyone to be safe, and we want everyone to make sure they are, don't have to live in fear that someone will walk into the business and shoplift, or feel safe that, that they're driving on the roads that someone won't hit them because they do U.I. and that is my main purpose: to make sure everyone feels safe.
0: Can you describe a case that impacted the way you'll operate once you're solicitor general?
1: Um, Absolutely. Um, It's actually kind of pending right now, but um, I have um, a case where uh, the person has is their third DUI, and they they need help. It is obvious they need help, and. They didn't realize they needed help until I told them they needed help. And it, and it was so eye-opening to them. They, for whatever reason, when they got these other previous DUIs, nobody ever told it, told them they needed help. But when I sat down and I explained to them, I said, look at your history. Look at your driving record. Look at how this last DUI came about. This is a problem. If, and then I had to give them a scenario about if this was somebody else, how would you look at them? And it, it was then when the light came on and realized, I do have a problem. It is not okay. And now we're trying to get this person into an inpatient rehab. Now we still have to work at that DUI third because that comes with some very, very harsh penalties. And, you know, the person actually is taking responsibility for their actions because they realize they were wrong. They weren't... Um, They're not trying to hide from going inpatient. The problem network now is trying to get them in because of all the COVID-19 makes it very difficult, but we're, we're working around that. But the fact that I can help someone realize that they need help and then be that person to put them in contact with somebody who can give them that help, that is what a public servant does. They serve the community, and at the end of the day, everybody should come out winning at the end. Hopefully, the person will get the treatment. We will address the DUI because the the person still has to be punished, but their actions are wrong, and they're taking responsibility for their actions. They're going to get the treatment that they need, and then they won't reoffend, hopefully, in the future. So society will, again, remain safe. And that's what we want. So that is why I am running for solicitor, because I can help people realize that they, when they need help or what I can do to help them. Because some people know they need help. They just don't know how to get the help.
0: And for my final question, I just want to allow you to speak uh, directly to our radio audience. Uh, Why should our listeners vote for you?
1: Well, they should vote for a person who has a plan to take state court to the next level. And I have that plan. I have been a licensed in Baldwin County. I care about Baldwin County. And I want everyone to stay safe. You will see me every day walking around the mall, at the gym, because I love to work out, eating out in the restaurant, you will see me. So I will be held accountable. So if there's something that you don't agree with, you'll see me. And it's not just, you know, in in, in my office, which I always have an open-door policy. It will be out in the public. So I have to know that whatever I do, I have to realize I'm going to be walking out, into the public, and I will see how this affects families. You know, two-parent families may be one parent because one parent is in jail right now serving a little bit of time because of an offense. So I will see how that affects an, a family. And when you have multiple families with single parents, ultimately that affects the community because the family is structure is weakened. So I will see how that affects the community. And so I will always get to... See how my actions are affecting the community in our school system and that will keep me on my toes and keep me um, humble so that I know that I need to make sure I'm doing everything that I can to protect the community keep the family structure together and also make sure that the offender does not reoffend so you need somebody who's going to be here held accountable and will be there whatever You need them, and that is my purpose. I have always had a passion for serving the community, and I've done many community service events here in Baldwin County. And so there is nothing that I won't do to help a person if they truly want help. And I think I can pull together different resources in the community, the churches, the nonprofit organizations, the um, the government entities, the personal family unit. We can pull all these different factors of to, uh, uh, areas together so that we can help people. And because I have those ties in the community, I can bring people together because they trust me, they know me, they know my family. We've been here five generations. We've helped build Baldwin County. So I love Baldwin. I'm from Baldwin, and I've always wanted to see Baldwin thrive because I've always wanted a better Baldwin.
0: Hogan, Harrison, Walton, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to our radio audience here on WRGC 88.3 FM.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was fun.
0: This has been my pleasure, and thank you for joining me.